Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Cady, who is the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, we began a new series, and uh, the series is called I Could Never Believe in a God Who. And we are finishing that sentence for the next few weeks. And this is the second in our, in our series. And this week, we're looking at the topic of genocide. I could never believe in a God who condoned genocide in the Old Testament. And definitely not an easy subject uh, to get into. To. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you can come up from different angles and different people asking different questions about this. But uh, one of the things that we, we, we talked about, you know, and you, you brought it up in the sermon on Sunday was this kind of idea about, you know, because one of the, the stories you talked about was when Samuel spoke to Saul and, and it was God's command to wipe out all the Amalekites, including women and children. And so specifically children, you know, kind of brought up the idea of the age of accountability. And, and you know, what about children and, and, and their standing before God? And, and this is very true today, even as we could even use that word today. There's a genocide happening in our world today, especially here in the United States, as, as you know, millions of babies have been aborted and been killed and and uh, you know in the womb and uh, what what you know what happens to these kids is a question that people think about what does the bible say about babies who 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 are killed yeah it is a matter of having to deduce what um you know is trying to interpret piece together different things because nothing's said directly about it but there, there is quite a bit that we can uh, deduce. Maybe the most famous passage on this subject um, is from 2 Samuel chapter 12. And this is a bit anecdotal, and it requires some interpretation, but I'll give it to you. What happened here is that David had an affair with Bathsheba, who was one of his military commander's wives. It was a bad thing. He repented of it. Uh, she was pregnant, which is what brought it out into the light. And then she gave birth to the child, and the child died within a few days of being born. And in that story there, what happens is we see David, he's uh, fasting, he's refusing to eat, he's praying for his child, and, uh, and wanting to see the child get better. But as soon as the child dies, his officials are afraid to tell him because they're afraid of how he'll react. They're assuming that if they tell him that the child has died, that he'll go into despair or depression and even deeper than what he's in currently while the baby's sick. And so just the opposite happens. They tell David that the baby has died. And it says that David washes his face and his countenance actually improves. And they say, well, why uh, is he happier to know that the baby's deceased than he was when the baby was sick? And he says, uh, David says, I will not, or he will not come to me. He will not come back to me, but I will go to him. And again, this requires some interpretation. What is David saying? Is David uh, assuming that he is going to be with God in Abraham's bosom, which is a whole different topic, but let's just say for layman's terms today, in heaven. Um, is David assuming that and that he will go to heaven and his child is there in heaven with God? Uh, I do actually believe that that's what he's saying. Uh, another interpretation would be that he's just speaking of Sheol as kind of the general term for where dead people go or the souls of people go when they die. Quite possible. I think, though, that he is referring to some kind of place of comfort with God um, where he assumes that his child is and that he will be there too. 
because of his relationship with God. Uh, that alone is probably not enough to draw any conclusions, but let's see, Romans chapter 1 talks about people being without excuse before God, and the reason why is because they have what we call general revelation. It means that anybody in the world can look out at the world, they, they have enough innate knowledge to know that there's right and wrong, that there is a God who provides uh, rain and, and gives air in our lungs and all of these things. There's an order to the universe and the world. And therefore, we can deduce at least the fact that there is a God. He's a personal God. He's a good God. And we have sinned and fallen short of his standards. And therefore, uh, we need to repent and cast ourselves upon his mercy and ask for him to save us. Um, the question, though, then becomes this. Are children capable you know, of below a certain age of that kind of rational thought. And, you know, say infants, for example. And another really big one in this topic isn't just children, but it is um, those who are born with, um, you know, mental uh, disabilities, right? Cognitive disabilities. And they may be not capable of rational thought on that level. Um, are they condemned purely because of what we call... Um, Okay, Adam's sin, original sin. Original yeah. sin, yeah. Um, perhaps. Or perhaps there is a way in which God has mercy upon these people who never really had the capacity to make a choice for or against mm -hmm. Jesus. There's another passage in Deuteronomy chapter 1 which talks about children and infants not knowing and not being able to discern between good and evil. Mm -hmm. And throughout the New Testament, we see that... Um, Eternal punishment is tied to, like, um, known sin, like intentional sin. So all these together, my take on it is that, yeah, I do believe that there is an age of accountability. But, I mean, I'm not dogmatic on that. I'm open to uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, but uh, I hope that that's the case, um, especially when you consider these, uh, these children Mm -hmm. is infants who die and the uh, aborted babies and those with disabilities. I, I, that's very close to my heart. And uh, I, I think it would seem in line with the character of God. He's mm -hmm. a God who is merciful. You know, you think about the name of God in uh, Exodus 34. He's, uh, he's merciful, you know, and uh, he talks about that. He's slow to anger. So that, that's where I land on it. Uh, I'm open to you know, being corrected and shown that I'm wrong and I'm open to, maybe I'll get to see God one day and he'll be like, yeah, well, that's not how it works and I'm okay with that, so. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely a, a, a very important subject and I think probably dear to a lot of people's hearts, you know. If they lose a baby, lose a baby, maybe stillborn or, or you know, something like that, then, you know, they want to know what we were, yeah. where, where that baby baby's going to be. And, and, and my hope and dream is that, you know, they will be reunited in heaven with that, with that baby one day. And one of the other things I think you brought up and you kind of touched on in your sermon is just the idea that people who make kind of make this argument, why would God condone genocide in the Old Testament, seem to kind of want their cake and eat it too, where, you know, when they do see, ju you know, when they, yeah. they want judgment on this earth, you know, and and then when it actually happens, they're like, well, you know, what kind of God would judge people? You know, it's, yeah. you know, they, even just the idea of justice, people seem to be a bit schizophrenic on that idea. Yeah, and the, the issue there is really this, like one of the one of the responses we got in our poll, I could never believe in a God who, somebody said, I could never believe in a God who allows good people to die and bad people to live. Well, here we have a case in which we, we looked at some of the, 
aspects of the Canaanite cultures, right? I mean, rape was regular. Uh, child molestation was part of their culture. Uh, burning babies on hot iron pans, uh, you know, because they believe it will make them more prosperous in their life. This was regularly happening, um, you know, and, and beyond that, there was more too. And the question is like, okay, well, here are some people doing bad things and God did end their lives and ended their culture. And so, um, yeah, again, it's like, well, you were upset when God didn't do something, and now you don't like it when God did do something? Yeah, um, I think there's some more fundamental issues to this. We remember that, you know, as the author of life, God has the prerogative of when life uh, begins and when it ends. And as we talked about, um, there's a sense in which you could say, and this is kind of a, a strange way to put it, but I, I think it's not inaccurate. There's a way in which you could say that technically God kills everybody, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, he's the author of life, and if he controls every breath that we have and he determines the moment when you die, well, technically he, he is in control of your death as well. And so it's really just a matter of, you know, God sustains your life and he can cease sustaining your life. That's his prerogative, and when and how he does that is really up to him. But, you know, the idea that his mercy is new every morning, he's given me another day, I don't deserve another day, that is his mercy. He's been patient with me for one more day, giving me another opportunity. He's given me a mission and calling for today, and to live that out. And so when we see our lives not as something that's owed to us or something that's natural, uh, but as, a, as grace and mercy every single day, I think it also changes the way we live. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, I think what was an important takeaway from Sunday's message was fully and truly understanding what justice is, what mercy is, what grace is, and that we can't understand mercy and grace until we truly understand what justice what justice is. So I you know, I encourage you to download whitefieldschurch.com, get over there, download the sermon, share it with your friends, listen to it, meditate on it. It's not a subject that's easily, you know, sewn up in a nice bow and, and handed it to you. It's something to think on and dwell on. And I think it definitely opens your mind to who God is, the character of who God is. And and I think it would even show you how gracious and how merciful He truly is to us. So get over there, download that. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and, and ring the bell on YouTube. And uh, I think we're going on a podcast soon as well. So we'll see you and we'll hear you everywhere. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. God bless.